Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. Uh, tonight's guest is Vincent Luigi who is a missionary to Zambia, Africa, with Act of Mercy. Welcome, Vincent. Thank you. What a privilege. Thank you so much for coming on. We also have Todd Black, who will be hosting this with me tonight. Welcome, Todd. Thank you very much for having me. Um, Vincent, I have a question for you uh, before we get started. We're going to sit back and like to hear your testimony, but I know that you were... Uh, born in Zimbabwe, correct. And uh, now you're a missionary with Act of Mercy with Youth with a Mission to Zambia, Africa. And yes. uh, so, if you would like to just go ahead and take charge and start off, please, we'd like to hear in Zimbabwe how you even got saved and came to know the Lord, and then all the way up to today, where you're now back in. Zambia, um, with an act of mercy there. Want to tell us about it? Yes. Um, first of all, I would like to uh, introduce myself again. Uh, my name is Vincent Luigi, and uh, I am from Zimbabwe, Southern Africa. I was born and raised in Africa. And uh, usually when I start introducing myself I said you are just ready to hear a testimony from um, God himself being able to serve this young man who was born from the bush bush I was uh, raised in a village very small 2,500 people or so and um, my dad basically while raising me he was working harder to convert me into witchcraft. So you wanted me, I'm the firstborn uh, from my family. So his desire was that I would become the, uh, I would say, the spiritual guru of the village. During this time, my dad is kind of like pondering how that's going to work and how it's going to, um, convinced me to take this challenge. A missionary from England drove into the village where I was born. And the missionary came and brought hope and brought good news. He shared the gospel with my family, my mom, my dad, my siblings. I come from a family of seven children. And um, during this time, um, the missionary story made so much sense that I wanted to really know who, who Jesus was. And uh, so during this time, I was paying attention quite a bit. So I said, well, I would like to know how will Jesus save me? And so he went through the Gospel of uh, John, uh, Chapter 3, um, you know, for God loved the world that he gave his only son to die for the world. And that his uh, 
sacrifice or his dying on the cross was sufficient enough for everyone that's going to put their trust on him. And the story made so much sense because I grew up in a village where we sacrificed goats, chickens, any animal that would come in front of my family, we would go ahead and sacrifice those animals to the gods, to the spiritual or the protector of the village. And the missionary said, no, um, because Christ has already done it on the cross, has died on the cross for all mankind. Everyone that would trust in him, salvation will come. So the story made so much sense. I decided to give my life to Jesus. So I surrendered my life to Christ. Now, bear in mind, as I told you earlier on, that my dad's dream and desire was that Vincent Luigi one day would become a witch doctor. In American term, you would call it a magician. Uh, and so now I become a believer, and my dad says, son, you can no longer stay here. So there was a conflict between my dad and the missionary. On the same very night, I was not able to spend a night at my family's village. I had to be asked to live because I accepted Christ. I can no longer stay under my dad's roof. So I had to walk a journey of about 35 miles away where the missionaries were stationed to report to them again and telling them that since now I'm a Christian, you missionaries have got me saved. My dad can no longer keep me. And so the missionaries were troubled quite a bit. And so the missionary got me back onto their Land Rovers as an old Land Rover. They got me back onto the Land Rover. They say, son, let's go get on the Land Rover. Let's go back to your parents. So we drove back to my parents. We got over there. And so the missionary began to explain to my family that becoming a Christian wasn't something dangerous, um, that the, the family could still keep me, or my dad could still keep me in their home. I just, I, I turned my faith to a God of the Bible, not a God of the trees, God of the rivers, not God of, you know, and so on. And uh, still my dad could not... Uh, grasped the, the reality that my firstborn son has now converted to Christianity and that's going to bring so much shame and that's going to uh, embarrass the clan or the family clan. So during this time, uh, I'm very young in age. I'm trying to figure out, Lord, what do I do? And of course, the missionaries have asked they, they now had to ask my parents if I could literally live with them. I, they could adopt me for a short period uh, till the time comes when the parents, my parents were okay with it. And my dad said, yes. So I lived with a missionary, went back on the Land Rover, another 35 miles away, and we got there. So I stayed with the missionary for over a period of four years. During the four year I was with the missionary, that's when I began to learn the love of Christ. That's when I began to learn the, the intimacy with God and, and having one-on-one -on -one with Jesus. This pastor, he, his background was from Scotland. 
and uh, he had lived in Africa many years just sharing the gospel in the remote areas like my village. And during this time, uh, the pastor showed me Jesus. He was Jesus here on earth because he started teaching me about um, how to live a life in the kingdom of God. And I began to get excited about Jesus. And during this time, I'm actually uh, finishing my high school because with my dad, I couldn't finish my high school. But after I, I had basically been impressed by the missionary, uh, he took me to, to school. So I was able to finish my high school there. And then after my high school, the past or the, the missionary um, uh, said to me, Vincent, there is a group in the southern part of Zimbabwe. They are called the Youth with a Mission. And I'm going to drive you there, and we'll leave you there. So you'll be there for six months. That place will disciple you well, and we feel like God has a heart. God is calling you into missions. God is calling you not only just for your own people, but he's going to use you across globally. I couldn't see the reality there, but nevertheless, he drove me again. Six hours later, southern part of the country, here am I. I'm at the Utuita Mission Campus in Zimbabwe. So I get to uh, the Utuita Mission Center. Uh, there was a number of young people there with a zealous passion for Christ and uh, greeted me, and most of them hugged me. You know, bear in mind, um, I was born in the bush bush. No one had hugged me before, and this is the first time people are saying, you are made in the image of God, and God is pleased with you, and people are hugging me and, and calling me brother, and, and it was just exciting uh, um, feeling. So then I, I knew now I'm getting closer to really understand God's ways. I went through a discipleship training program for a period of six months. Three months was lecture phase, then the other three months was the outreach phase. Uh, and the Lord kept inspiring me to go into missions. And I said, Lord, I'm, I'm from the bush bush. I was born in a village where there was no, it was a remote, no running water, no electricity, no radio, nothing. It was, how can you call me to, to the rest of the world to go and preach the gospel of Jesus Christ? Of course, through confirmation scriptures, the Lord began to encourage me and the Lord began to really inspire me to walk through this journey through faith, trusting in him and that he would be able to oversee my path. Now, as I told you earlier on, now my dad is furious in the village. The son has, is moved with the missionaries and now the son is been trained to be a missionary. He doesn't understand how things are going, but he realized that there's something supernatural, that something is happening with this child of ours. So my dad made an first attempt to reach out to me and say, son, uh, wrote a letter and say, we want you to come home. It's been four years now. We have not had a one-on-one. -on -one. We don't have a relationship, but we want you to come home. 
We know that you worship the Almighty God who created the heavens and the earth. Our God is different from your God, but we want you to come home. From that moment, I was excited that now I'm able to reconcile with my family. So I took a bus from the southern part of the country into the village, visited with my dad, spent a couple nights there, and so on. Uh, exciting part of the story. Um, my dad is a Christian now. All my siblings are believers now through watching my life, every step that I took. And they now said, this God of yours, we want to know him more. So I introduced the God of the Bible to my family members. All my family members became believers. That's out so of sight, Vincent. Sorry? That's out of sight. That's fantastic. That's wonderful. Yes. And then from there, something, again, miraculous that God did that some of you will probably be uh, shocked to hear God's provision again. Uh, I'm back at the Youth with a Mission in the southern part of the country, um, learning God's ways, learning relationships, learning how things work. And there was a man, and this man came, his name is John Hunter, came from Tyler, Texas. John Hunter came from Tyler, Texas, was teaching at the school that I was in, in Zimbabwe. And so I had lunch with him, and I said, John, uh, I'm from the village. I'm here now, trained to be a missionary, but God is calling me to travel to the United States. And John began to laugh a little bit. He said, well, how will this work? I said, well, I'm not sure, but the Lord is really inspiring me and pushing me to just go into the nation, maybe get more training. So John Hunter said, well, son, pray about it. And John Hunter was at edge at that time. He was older than I am. He was already a teacher. He went back to America, and then two months later wrote me a letter and said, Vincent, we have got a scholarship for you in Tala, Texas, Youth with a Mission. There's an old lady here that wants to sponsor you to come to America. The check will be sent to you. To you. I said, oh, God, I began to praise. You know, Africans, when we start praising the Lord, we dance and sweating. And, and you know, I started to, to dance and sweating and then thanking my Jesus. Lord, this is incredible, amazing. And then I'm excited. I go back and forth to my dad and my relatives and saying, this is what's happening. And uh, two months later, I get a check. I got the check and bought a ticket in Zimbabwe trying to get, to get to Tala, Texas. But of course, bear in mind, I told you, um, I was raised in the bush bush, in the village. Geographically, I didn't know America was so big. So when I went to the travel agent, I bought my tickets to New York City, JFK, instead of Dallas. So I bought my ticket and flew the entire night, 15 hours or so, and, uh, you know, I arrived at uh, JFK. I got at JFK. Uh, first thing that was a shock to me was um, I used their toilets. You sit, you stand up, and the toilet flushes automatically on its own. And so I'm shocked, and I looked up in the ceiling and to watch whether there was somebody watching me. or I had never seen a toilet that actually flushes 
on its own. I'm just fascinated. And uh, so I got out. I got in and gave them my uh, passport. They said, welcome to America. As soon as I got out the airport, I picked up a, 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 a phone. Uh, and, well, I, I dialed. At that time, I dialed uh, those um, uh, telephones, you know, where you put quarters in there. So I put my quarters in there, and then I called John Hunter. I said, John Hunter, I have finally arrived in America. Can you come and pick me up? So he said, where are you? I said, I'm at JFK, New York City. Well, John, again, he paused a little bit and uh, made some, uh, like, laughter on the phone. So I said, John, why are you laughing? He said, where are you? Exactly. I said, I'm in New York City. He said, well, son, uh, New York City is a little bit further from where I am. It's going to take you three days' drive to get where I am. Then I said, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that actually America is so big that you can travel for three days in the car. Nevertheless, so I got into uh, I got into the bus outside JFK, and then uh, got into the bus and sat. And the bus driver never asked for any money. I just sat, and we drove, we drove, we drove in a city bus. And then finally, we get to this place, and the bus driver says, "Everyone, get off the bus! Everyone, get off the bus!" So I said to the bus driver, I said, well, bus driver, I'm going to Texas. And he said, sorry, this is not a Texas bus. You are going to have to find another bus to find your way into uh, downtown New York City where you're going to get your Greyhound bus that will take you outside the state. Now, again, if you were listening from the beginning, uh, I'm not sure whether you are connecting or not, but it was quite fascinating, amazing experience. Uh, I got lost in New York City. I was there for two days before I actually got into the bus. But anyway, just to cut the story short, God's providence, I was able to make it into Tyler, Texas. As soon as I got into Tyler, I said to John Hunter, John, I'm finally here. And he said, where are you? I said, I'm finally in Tyler, Texas. Then I arrived in Tyler, Texas at the Youth with the Mission Center, where I went under uh, training again there to prepare me for a mission work. That's how my life began, and that's how the Lord began to um, really use me into going back into my continent to make a difference. That's when we started uh, Luigi Act of Mercy. And Luigi Act of Mercy is basically a ministry that is championing young people to love education, championing young people to uh, acquire more information about who they are, what God has made them. So our strategy is basically reaching out to the poor children who grew up in the village like like I was and providing them with the basic, basic education. And um, of course, while I did that, and then the Lord brought a wife. Now I'm married uh, with a young lady. Uh, she's from Michigan. Uh, and then we have three children. 
and so we are now serving God in Zambia with Luigi Act of Mercy, uh, championing the young people uh, with all um, aspects of learning. And uh, so that's where we are now in Lusaka, Zambia. Uh, and God has uh, incredibly blessed us. Another testimony that you probably be encouraged if you are listening carefully. When we started in Zambia, we started a school under the mango tree, a small mango tree. We had 25 children there. We believed God that, you know, even though we didn't have facilities, but we felt God was leading us to champion these young people to learn about God, but also to learn academic uh, in that premises. So we started year one, the year two, the third year, the Lord provided uh, resources. We were able to build classes. Now we have over 600 children, from 25 children to 600 children that we are serving right now in Zambia. And uh, so we have a, a structure now that, that is there. Uh, we're looking for short-term team members who want to come to Zambia and help us working with the children. Uh, we have an orphanage, 200 children there. Uh, we're doing some feeding programs. Uh, we're also doing some Bible training programs with the children. Uh, in addition to the school program, we also have the sewing program with women in the community have nothing to do. So we decided to start something to improve their skills in the village. And then also we started an adult basic education where adults are desiring to learn um, um, different languages. Of course, Africa is, is made with a number of languages, so many, many adults would, would desire to actually learn other languages, been able to speak and write in the, the languages. And so that's Vincent, what we are... Yes. Uh-huh. What language, because I know a lot of them, uh, some speak French with their native language, others speak uh, English with their native language. Where you're at, what, uh, which one are they speaking? Uh, where we are, the people speak Nyanja. Okay. Do they speak French or English as well? Uh, they they speak English as well, uh, mainly in the cities. But where we are, majority of the people we work with, uh, they're desiring to learn English because English has become more uh, commercial language or business language, and they're impressed. So we are able to teach English, but also we are able to teach other. Uh, dialects. Uh, Zambia has 70 languages, 70. Wow. Gotcha. Hey, uh, another question. How has this affected uh, your family? I know that Samantha, your wife, is home with your fourth child on its way. Congratulations. Thank you. So this process, how, this, how have you seen this evolve with your family? And are they they're helping you raise the kids, or how do you guys do this? Um, actually, the community is helping us. You know, in Africa, one child belongs to the whole community. So I have a lot of uh, Zambian young ladies that we are mentoring, um, young men that we are mentoring. They come to our house daily, 
they're able to help us with the children. Uh, we can basically sometimes be able to actually say, hey, can you look after the kids? My wife and I want to go out for lunch or for dinner or something. Uh, and so uh, the community in Zambia or the people in the villages where we are um, quite helpful. And so and we are always um, um, thankful for that. And so yeah. because I, I live very far from my own biological family in Africa. It's about maybe 13 to 14 um, hours because I'm in Zambia right now, not in Zimbabwe. So we would have yes. to drive to reach to my family's place. Of course, the roads are so bad. And so a 12-hour drive, it's only like from here to San Antonio or something, you know. And uh, <clears throat> right, right. But, but it takes a lot longer because of the roads. Because of the roads, yes. Well, golly, with 600 kids, you have a lot of helpers. <laughs> 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 oh, beautiful. Well, I can yes. see. So you're looking for helpers to come uh, with the orphanage, help teach English, the yes, Bible. Help, yes, teach English, Bible, uh, construction project, uh, vacational about, Bible school. What about medical? Uh, also, Nurse. we are... Yes, also medical. We're looking for doctors to come and do uh, 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 screening for dental, eyes on our children and the community at, at large. Beautiful. All righty then. This has been good. Anything else that you have to ask, Todd? Um, no, no. It's a privilege that you guys will be able to put it out there and then so that, um, you know, people can be encouraged that, you know, the God we serve doesn't matter where we are, whether we are in America, whether we are in Africa, God is God and you should not be put in a box. He's able to, 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 to use people from the bush bush. Also, God is able to use people like you guys from the Western world too. So that's yes. right. And we got a lot of nurses they listen to, and, and, you know, I know that they could come over and help. You know, they're, yes. they're, always, look, they're always looking for some mission trip to go on or something to, to do. And, uh, yes. Yes, and so, I'll, yeah, I'll, if, if, any, if anybody would want to just find us where we are and uh, just go to uh, Luigi Ectomessi dot com and uh all the information is there the uh, uh if they're interested in the short term teams and there's forms up there they can uh, access to uh if they're interested to support us also they can actually go on there so all the information is under the luigi act of dot com yes we'll be sure to attach it to this podcast yes. so mm-hmm. they will be able to go directly to it yes. to touch yes. base with you Mm-hmm. Well, Vincent, thank you Bye. so very thank you much. So- Before we close, why don't you go ahead and pray for the people who have listened, whatever God would put on your heart. Thank you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, a privilege that you have given me, Lord, to be able to just come uh, on air and uh, encourage my brothers in America, uh, my sisters in America, Lord, what a privilege to be able to be raised in this country. And Lord, each time I see uh, people here, I see the, 
the environment in America, it, it, it looks like heaven. And um, what a privilege to be able to be in America. And uh, so, Lord, we thank you that you've created America, you've created Africa, you've created Asia, you've created all these countries for your purpose. And uh, this was just an awesome opportunity for me uh, to just be here today to share my testimony and encourage uh, some of our friends out there. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, that's a wrap for tonight. Blessings to you and your family. All right. Wonderful. Thank you, guys. It was a privilege. Uh huh. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.